You have your Bibles open, please, this morning. I'll share, like I said, a few announcements in a few minutes, but I want us to look in chapter number 52 this morning. And I'll read just a verse or two to begin, then I'll have prayer. But listen to the words here in Isaiah 52, verse 1. Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust, arise, sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion, for thus saith the Lord, ye have sold yourself for naught, and ye shall be redeemed without money. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I ask now the Holy Spirit of God would anoint me. God, thank you for the wonderful singing, the congregational singing in the choir. Lord, for touching Sister Charlotte, blessing our hearts so much. And Lord, for Sister Teresa, and God, I'm glad that he is a great God. Lord, I'm glad that he's alive and that you're alive now and you're here now. Lord, I pray, God, that every person in this building, every person in the Internet audience, every person in the radio audience, our Father this morning, will recognize that you are, in fact, a risen Lord, your King of kings. And I pray, our Father, that they'd bow before you this morning and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved, or either, Lord, if they're saved, that they would recognize your place of authority and yield to you completely. God, help us to redeem the time, and we'll thank you and praise you and give you glory for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, just in passing, let me remind you, it's high time for God's people to awake. This cry here is for Jerusalem to wake up. And you and I need to be aware of what's going on. While we're focused on health care, and even sometime today there will be a vote on health care, this week is, uh, uh, the United States of America officially stood with Russia, with the UN, with the European Common Market against Israel in denouncing them for expansion on the East Bank of Jerusalem. So uh, for the first time that I know of, we have stood with our enemies, basically, against Israel. I hope you saw that. I hope you're praying. I hope you're packed up and ready to go. Because, my dear friend, we're winding the clock down. But I want to talk to you this morning about what God's done for us and what he's doing for us. This week, we've had a wonderful Bible conference. I wish all of you could have been here. Uh, and you could have been here. I wish all of you uh, were here. Maybe I should have said that. But uh, God was good to us and blessed us. And then tonight, we'll let some of the ladies testify. But uh, we had a wonderful latest conference. I want to say thank you again to Miss Trudy, to my wife, to all the ladies who worked. And it was fantastic. The latest conference was wonderful. And maybe tonight we'll give the latest chance to testify about that. But in this wonderful passage of Scripture, what's happened is Israel is in captivity. But God has made a promise to them. And notice back up in chapter number 51 and verse number 22. Thus saith the Lord thy God, the, uh, the Lord and thy God that pleadeth the cause of his people. Behold, I have taken out of thine hand the cup of trembling, even the dregs of the cup of my fury. Thou shalt no more drink it again. The Lord has made promise to Israel. And he said, I'm bringing you out. I'm going to set you free. Uh, and it's over with. Your judgment time is over with. Your discipline time is over with. I'm going to bring you back into the land. God made some wonderful promises. But also the Lord made some promises to me and you. The apostle Paul says that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. 
The Bible says in the book of Romans that there's nothing that comes against us that can harm us. Life, death, principalities, none of those things can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You and I have been promised victory and deliverance. And the problem is, as Brother Tom pointed out this week, most people don't live that way. We don't live in our deliverance. And I want to preach to you for just a few minutes on delighting in your deliverance. Notice what happens in this chapter, in chapter number 52 and verse 1. Awake thou, awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion, put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city, for henceforth there shall no more come the uncircumcised or the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust, arise and sit, O Jerusalem, loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. If you're going to have real victory in the Lord as a believer, and first of all, you've got to know Christ as your Savior. You've got to know him as your Savior and Lord to come in your heart and and be saved. The first thing I'd say to you about enjoying what God's done for you. You're already saved. He's already forgiven you of all your sin. Heaven's your home. There's not one thing between now and then that's going to change. And my dear friend, you'll rejoice and enjoy the journey. Praise God. How do you do that? First of all, the word is to awake. It is to awake. And that is to be aware of and, and to realize what God's done for you. Recognize the fact that he's promised you victory. Recognize the fact that he's made this promise to you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Recognize the fact that you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Recognize the fact that there's not any weapon fashioned against you that shall prosper. When you go through the fire, it'll not kindle upon you. When you go through the water, it's not going to overflow you. And he said, my God shall supply all he needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. My dear friend, like Teresa said, we ought to be shouting a little bit more and rejoicing in the fact that what God's done. And so you've got to realize the victory of having the Lord. There's not one bondage. There's not one captivity. There's not one, one habit. There's not one thing that ought to dominate you. You shouldn't be bound by depression or defeatism or bound by any type of habit or sin. You ought to have victory in the Lord. But first, you've got to realize the promise of that, that God's promised you that. And it's based on him. It's not on you. It's on him. It's what he said he'd do. Recognize it. But then not only must there be an acknowledgement of it, but there's got to be an appropriation of it. It's one thing to say it, but it's another thing to live it. And here in this passage of scripture, he says to them, awake, awake. And then he says, put on thy strength, O Zion, and on thy beautiful garments. Now he's saying to them, you've not only got to believe it, but you've got to act like you believe it. You've got to act like that you believe that God's given you the victory and you don't have to live defeated. You don't have to live discouraged that you ought to put on those garments. You ought to put on your strength. Notice if you mark your Bible, mark that little phrase, thy strength and thy beautiful garments. You ought to put those on. What, what is he talking about? He's talking about the strength of the Lord. Recognize the fact that he's given you that strength. You can do nothing in yourself, but it's him. You recognize that God is the author. God's the, the, the one who's giving that strength. And then he said, you put on those beautiful garments. Those beautiful garments speak of holiday dresses, basically. It means celebration dresses. He said, you, you are to begin to live and act like you've got victory. Understand that God's promised you that. It's not just a mindset. It's not just some thing that you're going to, you know, uh, everything's going to be cool no matter what. But it's a reality. Understand that God is there and that God has given you the victory. And he does say, I'll keep you. And that he does say, I'll meet all you need. And he does say that I've set you free. But not only must there be an acknowledging of that, 
And not only must be appropriation to that putting on strength and putting on the garments, but then there's got to be an abandonment of the things that are hindering you. He, go, he talks here in this passage of Scripture. Look in verse number 2. Shake thyself from the dust. Arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. You've, you've got to recognize what God's done for you. But then you've got to turn loose of those things and abandon those things that are keeping you down. The things that are, are, are keeping you defeated and discouraged. You've got to turn away from those things. You've got to put those off. He, he illustrates it like this. He says, shake thyself from the dust. Now, in the Bible, in Isaiah chapter 47, verse 1, he says to Babylon, which, was ta- which had taken the southern kingdom captive, he said, sit thou in the dust. Now, what was he saying to them? And he goes on in, in, in that chapter, chapter 47, he explains to Babylon, you're defeated. You ought to be discouraged. You ought to be despondent. You ought to sit down in the dust somewhere and recognize the fact that you're already defeated. And so that dust symbolizes defeat. And then also in the book of Job, Job, it says, put dust upon his head. That was a sign of mourning. And so quite often those who are in a, they are in a state of mourning and loss and defeat, they put dust on their head. But he says to Israel, who has been captive, he said, get up now, shake the dust off of you, shake off the dust of defeat, shake off the dust of mourning. You're no longer to be like that. You're our chosen people. I've redeemed you. I've made a promise to you, and I'm going to keep my word. And he said, now, it's not come to pass yet, but it's coming to pass, and you just need to recognize it and live by it and understand that victory is already yours. And you and I have got to do the same thing if we're going to have any victory in the hour you're living in. Recognize what God's done for you. Recognize that God's given you already the victory. Let me say this to you. As long as you sit there in that dust of defeat and discouragement, as long as you're going around with with that defeated attitude and no victory in life, as long as you're going around bound by any type of anything, whether it's a habit or whether it's some sin that does so easily beset you, as long as you're doing those things, you don't have any, you don't have a real testimony for the Lord. You don't have a, and I'll emphasize that in a few moments. But he said, you ought to get up, shake the dust off of you. Now watch this. He says, get up, shake the dust off, and then sit down. Now why would he say that? Why would he say, get up, shake the dust off, and then sit down? Well, that word to sit means to take the place of authority. It means you, you've been under the circumstances. Now get up, shake the dust off, and then sit down in a place of authority. Recognize that you are somebody. Recognize that, that, that you belong to the king of kings and lord of lords. He is a victor, not you. He's in your life, and it's him that's in charge. And you're the one that he's loved so much. Now you say, Brother Bill, I don't think I can do all that. I don't think I can do that. Well, understand this. The victory has already been won. He is alive now. He's already defeated death, hell, and the grave. And he says to his disciples in that room, in that upper room that night, they were defeated and discouraged. He had died on the cross. He was now resurrected. And he comes to them and just a little handful left of them. They had forsaken him. But he gets after his resurrection, meets with them in that upper room. And here's what he said. He said, go into all the world. And preach the gospel to every creature, the good news. You go tell everybody the good news. Just a little handful of people. Now, how can he he possibly do that? Because of the preceding verse. He said this. He said, I, the Lord Jesus Christ, 
He said, I have all power in heaven and earth. And it's not in our strength, but it's his strength. God had chosen them. God had blessed them. God had placed them and God had empowered them. And he said, get up out of your circumstance. Get up out of that dust and sit in a place of authority. Recognize who you are. Don't let it beat you down. Don't let it defeat you. Don't let it keep you down. God's got you in a place of victory and live in that victory. No, it's not you, but it's him. The place of authority, you're under his authority. And it's him that's going to give you the victory. And he said this in this passage of scripture. He said, you're sold out for nothing. Have you ever studied the Bible about Esau? And how he was to be the head of his family and have all the inheritance of his daddy and rule over all of his property. And he went out hunting one day and he came back and he was hot and tired. And his brother had made a little pot of brumdick stew. The Bible says porridge, but same thing. Made brumdick stew. And he said, and I'm talking about even if it was good brumdick stew. But he said to him, he said, he said, give me some of your stew. He said, I'll give you your stew if you'll sell me your birthright. And he sold out for just a little bowl of Brumdick stew. Sold all of that for that. And I thought, my, that's an awful cheap price to pay. But he says of Israel, they sold out for nothing. He said they, when they turned around and looked back, what they had been worshiping, where they turned away from God and, and where, where they thought, boy, this is really going to be, I'm going to really be happy. And what it was was really nothing. Why in the world they do that? 42 years of pastoring, I've talked to a lot of people who sold out for nothing. Boy, they thought this is really what I want and this is the decision I really want to make and the devil made it look so good. And when they made that decision, boy, it wrecked their lives and they realized what they sold out for was nothing, vanity, sold out for nothing. And that makes it double bad because not only did they lose everything they had, but they gained nothing. They sold out for nothing. But now watch the marvelous grace of God. He said, you sold out for nothing, but I'll redeem you without money. And he did that. You see, he, the, the emphasis is you don't have to buy what I've got. You sold out for nothing. Now you can have what I want to give you without money. How do you get that? The Bible said it was the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is more precious than silver and gold that redeemed us. He died that we might have life. And you see, the victory that you can have in this world in 2010 isn't based on you or your decisions or what you've done in days gone by, but it's what he's done for you. But you've got to be willing to see it and acknowledge it and experience it and accept it for what he's done for you. There's so many wonderful truths down through here. I want you to notice not only what he says about that, notice their awful conditions he said this in, in their position in verse number four. Thus, for thus saith the Lord God, my people went down before into Egypt to sojourn there, and the Assyrians oppressed them without cause or unjustly. Now therefore have uh, what have I here, saith the Lord, that my people is taken away for naught. They that rule over them make them to howl, saith the Lord, and my name continue. Uh, uh, Continually, every day is blasphemed. If you don't live in the victory God's promised you, he said they went down into Egypt. And you know what happens to God's people in the hour we're living in? They kind of drift out into the world. 
They think there they'll find joy. They think there they'll find happiness. And they're the ones who do it. They went down into Egypt. Now, let me just say this to you. Anytime you go away from the Lord, there's only one way you can go, down. Every time you try to get out of fellowship with God, when you start getting out of the house of God, when you start being unfaithful in your giving, when you start being unfaithful in your attendance, mark it down, you're going down. And they began to go down. And not only did they begin to go down, but they found that they had awful taskmasters when they got there. They thought, boy, we're going to have a good time. But when they went down, they were in bondage, the Bible said, and they were treated horribly. And the Bible said they were made to howl. I mean, just in agony there. Boy, it's a hard thing. Oh, Dr. Bob Jones Sr. used to say this, the changers of sin are too light to be felt until they're too heavy to break. And my dear friend, once you get out, begin to drift down, you'll get bound up. But God's made a promise for you that you can be set free. But watch the results. He said, because of what they've done, because they chose to go to Egypt, because they were done, all these things happen. He said, my name is blasphemed every day. Here's a people who said, God's our God. He's a good God. He'll take care of us. He's a God, who, a God of victory, a God of joy, a God of peace. He said, I'll take away all your sin. I'll give you my, 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 my son. I'll give you joy unspeakable, full of glory. Yet they live defeated. And he said, because of the way you're living, he said, the world is blaspheming me every day. Wow, wouldn't it be something to get to heaven and see the record of our lives and not only the things that we did that affected us personally, where we disobeyed God, we were out of fellowship with God, but because you and I had done those things, the hundreds of people we influenced, and every day they blasphemed us, God kept a record, blasphemed him, God kept a record of it. Because of your life, because of what you did or didn't do, people mock God and make fun of God. And he said, every day they blaspheme my name because of that. But God's made them a promise. He said, I'm going to give you deliverance. I've got to hurry and be through. But now watch what it says here in this passage of Scripture, verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publish peace, that bring good tidings of good things, and publish, that publish salvation, saith, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. The watchman shall lift up his voice from the, uh, with a voice together. They sing that they shall see eye to eye when the Lord shall bring again Zion. Break forth into joy. Sing together, ye waste place of Jerusalem. For the Lord hath confronted his, comforted his people, and he hath redeemed Israel. Uh, Jerusalem, the Lord hath made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all nations and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. He said this, he said, God promised you victory. And he said, with that victory comes joy and singing and praising. And you and I will live that way. If we're living in victory, you cannot have a victorious life without having a melodious song. You cannot have victory in Christ without having an expression of joy on your face. It just goes together. God gives you that. When you recognize what God's done for you and what he's doing, boy, that brings the great victory. He made these promises. He said there's coming those good tidings, peace, goodness, salvation, and recognize this, the Lord reigneth. The Lord reigneth. 
he said this, I promise to be there. And he said, I am with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. The Lord is with you. The Lord reigneth. He's there with you now. He's real. And you can have that victory. Now watch this. How should you and I delight in that victory? He said this in verse 11. Depart ye, depart. Go ye out from thence. Touch no unclean thing. Go ye out in the midst of her. Be ye clean and bear the vessels of the Lord. Now that word vessels could be interpreted implements, meaning the, the armaments of the Lord that, that God has blessed us with in the book of Ephesians. Go out clean, go out rejoicing. And then he says this, for ye shall not go out with haste nor by flight, for the Lord will come before you and the Lord of Israel will be your reward. And we're, it means he's going to be behind you and he's going to be in front of you. He said, you don't have to, you're not going to have to flee. You're not going to have to run in fear or fright. You're leaving out of here in victory. He said, your captors that have held you captive, he said, you're not going to escape in the dark of the night. He said, when I lead you out here, you're going to lead out marching. You're going to lead out here in victory. And here's where he wants his people to live. He wants you to live a life of victory. It is a procession. It is a march of victory. The victor marching out of bondage. He's won the victory and he's coming out. I like that old song in our hymn book. We're marching to Zion. Beautiful, beautiful Zion. Not creeping around, not just trying to eke our way through. We're not going to leave out of here in fear and trembling. We'll leave out of here marching as victors, recognizing God's on the throne and he's our savior. My dear friend, can I ask you a question? Do you recognize this one little simple statement? He said, the Lord thy God reigneth. Do you understand that nobody in Washington is in control of this thing? Do you understand that nobody in the UN is in control of this thing? He's still on the throne. And you and I, sometimes we feel like we are the minority, but the truth of the matter is we have the victory. And we ought to start, he said, shake the dust off, set up, set the place of authority, and act like you've already won because you have, not because of who you are, because I am. He said, you're going to march out of here in victory. And my dear friend, that's the way God would have you to live. I wonder this morning, as a, as a believer, are you living defeated? You don't have to live that way. God wants you to wake up to what he's done for you. Wake up to understand it's not you, but it's him. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And he said this, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You don't have to be defeated. You can have victory today. Will you bow your heads in prayer? With every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. God's on the throne and he's real. My dear friend, he wants you to have real victory, real victory. We used to sing that old hymn a lot, marching to Zion. We are marching to Zion. In fact, we might sing that here in just a few minutes. But I want you to leave here this morning, number one, knowing this, knowing that your sins have been forgiven. He said, I didn't redeem you with corruptible things as silver and gold but with the precious blood of the Lamb. My dear friend, if there was a point in time in your life when you recognized that you were lost and you, you were on your way to hell, I wonder, would you be willing this morning and would you want to just take a few minutes and say, Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you, God, that I was lost and I was bound and I was defeated. But God, by your marvelous grace, you saved me. And I'm glad that I was redeemed without price. I was redeemed with the precious blood of the Lamb. 
By grace are you saved through faith. And preacher, I know that I'm saved. With every head bowed, every eye closed, would you raise your hand this morning as a testimony that you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? God bless you. You may put your hands down. Now, I want to remind you that the people addressed in this passage of Scripture are, in fact, the people of God. They are, in fact, God's chosen people. But yet they were living in bondage. And he says to them, wake up now. Understand who you are. Understand that you are the redeemed of the Lord. Understand that you are my chosen people. Understand that you're, you, you are mine and that the victory comes through me, not through you. He said, shake the dust off of you. Get up. Sit down in a place of authority. Rejoice in the Lord. Live in victory. Put on the garments of beauty and put on strength of the Lord and live in victory. How many of you could say, Brother Billy, I, I really need that. I've been going through a lot of battles, but I want God to give me real victory. I want to be able to live. I don't want to have to just go out of here in the dark of night. I want to leave out of here marching in a triumphant parade of the redeemed. I wonder you say, Brother Billy, I'm a Christian, but I've been going through a lot of battles. I feel the shackles. I feel what he's talked about. And I feel like I've just had the dust on my head. I want to shake it off this morning. I want to live for Jesus. Would you raise your hand and say, God help me. Thank you so much all over the building. I tell you, you and I living in a dark day. Bible said we'll exhort one another, encourage one another. Thank you. You may put your hands down. I encourage you this morning to begin to live in victory. I can't do that for you. Nobody can do that for you. But you've got to understand who you are. You're redeemed with the blood of the Lamb. You are a royal descendant, as Brother Ricky was talking about in the assembly this morning. You are, you're his child. He's promised you victory. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll promise you, I'll meet all you need. And he, he says, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go you therefore and teach all nations. You and I ought to do that. We, we ought to be marching to Zion, not just hiding, huddling around the house of God somewhere. I want to be busy about the master's business. Will you stand with your heads bowed for just a moment? Heavenly Father, I pray God the Holy Spirit to speak through the hearts, to the hearts of your people this morning. And God, for that dear soul that's bound, that's that one that's been living discouraged and defeated, backslid on God. I pray, God, that, Lord, you give them real victory this morning. Help them to understand that the victory is not in themselves, but in you. But they've got to recognize it. They've got to acknowledge it. They've got to claim it. And they've got to live in it. And I pray, God, you'd help them to do that. God, I, I ask in Jesus' name for that anointing that will make the difference. Fill them with the power of the Holy Ghost this morning. And, God, I pray that you'd use your people. And, God, for those who could not raise their hand, that they were redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, I ask in Jesus' name for the convicting and drawing power of the Holy Spirit of God to draw them to Christ this morning. I pray, our Father, they'd look to Jesus and be saved. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name.